By the end of this episode, I suspect that most listeners are going to find themselves in one of two places. Either they're going to feel deeply convicted and will come out more mature and more in love with God, or they're going to want to tie me up and burn me as a witch. Because in this episode, I'm going to be discussing how and why we waste time on our phones. Hey everybody, my name is Ray Burns, and I want to equip Christians to think biblically about every area of life so that they can keep growing in spiritual maturity. Before we get into this, I want to thank my supporters over on Patreon who support Onward in the Faith every month. If you'd like to join them in supporting this ministry and helping me keep the lights on, then visit the link down in the show notes or just stick around to the end of the episode. So, your phone. It is clearly a part of basically everyone's lives. I suspect most people are even listening to this podcast on their phone. But I think that if we are all honest, we can acknowledge and even accept that while phones are a great tool in our lives and they bring a lot of good with them, for many people, we are also slaves to our phones. So according to a 2016 study, the average person uses their phone 76 times every day. That's the average person. On the higher end of that, people who are a little more obsessed or more invested in their phones will have 132 interactions with their phone. Now that might be actually sitting down for several minutes. That might be picking it up to check a text message and things like that. But 132 times someone on the high end or even just 76 times. So you listening here, you probably fit into the statistic of 76 times every day you are picking up your phone to somehow engage with it. Now, as far as when we do this, a lot of people might assume, oh, well, obviously people just kind of do that towards the end of the day when they're getting ready for bed and they don't have other stuff to do. And so they just spend their, their free time on their phone. That's what I assumed. However, according to this study, the most common time for someone to pick up their phone is from 7 a.m. until after dinner time. And they don't start slowing down until around 8 p.m. until about midnight when most people really stop using it because they've fallen asleep. So to kind of contextualize this, what this essentially means is that if you are on your phone from 7 a.m. until about 7 8 p.m., you are basically on your phone almost nonstop. Any moment you have to be on your phone, you are on it. Maybe you're not on it when you brand new just wake up from the day because you have to get ready for work. Maybe you're not on it when you are getting towards the end of the day because you're having to wind down and get kids to bed or get prepped for the next day. But 7 a.m., 7 p.m. is about when most people are going to be on their phones. So really, it's not an exaggeration to say that we are basically on our phones almost every moment that we can be throughout the day. Now, as far as what people were on in this study, the two biggest contenders for usage were web browsing, so searching Google, and social media. And social media obviously is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the stuff that connects us to other people. And what may be surprising is a final little statistic from this is that many people have over 20 apps on their phones, but for the most part, most people only use a single app 
on their phone for the majority of their interactions. Meaning that if someone is using their phone 76 times a day, for the most part, they're probably on Facebook or for the most part, they're on text messaging or for the most part, they're on Google. Everyone has one app that they tend to really favor on their phone. So that's kind of the raw data from just this study. And it can be shocking, but it's really not surprising, right? If we're honest, if we get over the, the shock value of just how prevalent a phone is, right? How many times someone is engaging with this little thing, we can look back at our day today or our day yesterday and realize, you know, that actually makes sense. There is a lot of stuff on our phones demanding our attention. But let's just kind of think about it a little bit more deeply than just looking at the raw numbers. So based on the times, we'll say 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., people are picking up their phones as their morning is progressing. So 7 a.m. is typically when a lot of people are either getting to work or arrive at work or getting to school or arriving at school. And it's not just that kind of weird downtime when you're waiting for stuff to start, but during that time when we're supposed to be occupied with work, school, whatever it is we're doing, we are instead investing time in our phones. Then when that is done, right, because we can understand, okay, you know, work, it's kind of boring. Or uh, if you're a stay-at-home parent, you know, during the day, the kids, they get busy, you're kind of bored, but you can't really invest in a good book or a big project because you don't know when the next vase is going to break. So we can make arguments for why during work or school or staying home with the kids that someone might be more likely to be on their phone. But if that were the case, and we would expect it to start tapering down at about four or five o'clock when these people who start the day at seven are getting home and are then with their families. But no, people are still on their phones just as much when they are with the people in their lives that they love the most. So instead of getting involved in a project, getting involved with investing time in their family, they're back on their phones. And so what we're really seeing here is that instead of being a good employee, focusing well as a student, being present with our family. We are instead busying ourselves on social media or clicking through websites. Now, a lot of people like to take data like this and take conversations like this and just kind of whine and complain and say, oh, look how far society has fallen. Technology has ruined us. All is lost. And I'm not going to play that game. Technology is like anything else. Anything can ruin us. Everything can be abused. Any society, any, any era, any generation is going to have their thing that somehow ruined them, somehow led them astray or that they wasted time and effort on. And so what I want us to really realize is we are thinking through the, the kind of raw data we just heard. And as we're continuing this discussion is we need to just accept that this is our world. Phones are a part of our lives. Social media is a huge thing that dominates a lot of our time and even how we understand the world or our own self-worth. Good or bad, this is the world we live in. We live in an age where technology is just present in really every single aspect of our lives. And so... If we just sit and constantly complain about it and bemoan it and criticize it, 
while then going and picking up our phones or even getting on our phones to complain about all oh, kids these days or whatever, then we're missing out on an opportunity to actually engage with the world and engage with our culture. And more than that, we are becoming ill-equipped to actually live in this world and to be able to function like other people but living apart from the world, right? Romans 12, 2, not being conformed to the world, not being and thinking like everyone else, but being transformed and even being able to have a phone or use social media or have access to Google, but still honoring God with it. And so that's really what I want to get at in this episode is not just to woe and bemoan and tell you to get off your phone, although you probably should get off your phone after this episode, though. Obviously, after this episode, finish it out. Then that's when the conviction can start and you can downgrade to one of those old Nokia potato phones. But what I want us to do, though, is think, try to think about phones and technology in a way that we can bring glory to God with how we use it or choose not to use it. Now, to kind of lay the foundation here, I want to point out that Obviously, there is nothing inherently wrong with picking up your phone. It's not an evil device. There's not, you know, a, a demon branding on it where every time we use it, you know, Satan gets another point on the scoreboard or something like that. A phone is just a phone. It's it's a device. It has good uses. It has bad uses, just like any other tool out there. And on top of that, I also want to point out that there's really not a magical threshold where we can say, you know, if I if I don't pick up my phone 76 times, then I don't have a problem and I don't need to think about this. If I can restrict myself to just picking up and looking at my phone 40 times a day, then I have much more self-control than other people and therefore I'm fine. And I also don't want to say that someone who does do the 130 times is somehow more addicted or more wicked or needs to fall under greater conviction. Because my goal isn't about what we're doing with our phones. It's not about, do you have the Facebook app on your phone? Or do you have an hour a day spent just looking through Google websites? Instead, what we want to look at, what we want to think about for ourselves, and if, if your parents, how we equip our kids to think about technology well now, so that they are not conformed to the world in the future, is to look at why we're doing it. What is our motive? What is our desire? What leads us to the point that we are picking up our phone one, two, three, 76, 130 times throughout the day? What is going on in our hearts, in our minds, in our beliefs that is leading us to be just a part of this statistic? And perhaps more difficult for all of us, including me, to acknowledge and deal with is why are we more obsessed? Why do we care more about swiping our finger across a glowing screen and forgetting what we looked at five minutes later? Why is that often more important to us than being productive or spending time with our families? So I think a good place to start about it is to look at what social media reveals to us. What can we see by how we understand the how and why uh, of people's usage of social media. So a lot of times when we think about something like Facebook or Twitter, we assume, oh, people are so obsessed with it because they just want everyone to like them, right? They are people pleasers and they want, they live for people to like their stuff. And it's just this kind of narcissistic thing. And that is what drives social media. 
And that's an easy thing to assume because a lot of what we do see on social media or more especially the really popular people, right? People who basically their only personality or their only popularity or their only value input to society is asking millions of people to look at their face or their words on social media, it's easy to make that assumption. Or we might think that people are kind of crafting a fake life. So people, you know, we often think of people who post all these really happy, great things about their family or their marriage when behind the scenes, everything is really basically just on fire and horrible for them, but they're putting on a good front. They, they're creating a good online persona with what they share online and in social media. However, again, back to statistics, we know that people spend two and a half hours every single day on social media, bare minimum two and a half hours, which on one hand doesn't seem like a lot, but you really think about what you really get out of social media, you know, to think about just the last session you had, right? The five minutes that you spent on Facebook, how much quality and value did you get out of that? doing that for two and a half hours. That's a lot. But even though people spend two and a half hours on social media, it's actually very few of them who actually post original things every day. And while a lot of people will even share things, even with all the users that are on social media, it's a small percentage that are posting anything at all. And even those people who are posting pictures or posting thoughts and making statements online and things like that, they aren't doing that nonstop. So even those people who do it most often are not spending two and a half hours every day clicking the share button, clicking the post button. What that means is that the vast majority of that two and a half hours is spent watching other people live their lives. We are all if you are on social media in any capacity, you are a silent audience member to someone else's life. Even if you're someone who posts a lot, the bulk of your online social media time is still scrolling, swiping, looking at what other people are saying or doing. And at most, you are engaging with that by either clicking the share button on a news article or clicking a like button because you like someone's picture or a heart or a laugh emoji or whatever, whatever your social media lets you do. But bottom line, all of us are passive participants. We are watching, we are viewers, we are voyeurs of someone else's life. We are seeing others live their lives while we sit there doing absolutely nothing. Two and a half hours of our day is spent looking at someone else do things in the world, be productive, creating things. Now, a lot of times when we talk about this, and even when I've talked to people about it, the immediate comeback is, oh, well, I'm just trying to stay caught up with people. I just want to stay up to date with people's lives. Because that's the great thing about Facebook and Twitter and, and other social media is that I can be invested in my best friend from high school or someone who moved away from my church, even though they're across the country, even if they're in another country, I can still say, stay totally caught up with them and what's happening in their lives. And I can think about them and stay invested in them, even though distance keeps us apart. And there are two realities that we need, to, we need to accept about that argument. First, is we are not staying up to date with what's happening with someone. We're staying up to date with what they are willing to share with us. 
And even with that, very few people are spending two and a half hours looking at five people's lives and really scanning through their photos, scanning through the text of their post, dwelling on it, taking it in, right? We know, most of us, we are encountering dozens of lives, dozens of people in the span of one to two minutes. Because we swipe, we see a picture. We, we swipe or scroll and we see a little text update. We scroll a little more and we see a bit of a longer update. We read the first sentence, realize it's too long, I don't care, and we move on to the next person. So all this time that we are in air quotes, and yes, I literally did the air quotes, so feel the, the uh, <laughs> intensity here. All this time that we spend investing in others and staying caught up with our lives is completely shallow, meaningless, and hollow. We aren't staying caught up with someone. We are just viewing someone for a moment and then forgetting about them as the next 10 people shove them out of our minds. We may feel better because we saw their name. We saw their kids or their vacation photo, or we saw a little text update about something, but really we aren't staying caught up with them. And that's the second thing I want to point out is that if our desire for social media is to stay caught up with someone, to invest in them, to see what they're up to, then we can't just rely on what they are willing to share. We have to actually catch up to them, to reach out, to engage with them as human beings, not as wall art who we only know what we know about them based on what is put up on display for us. So this, this whole idea that we have of, oh, social media is valuable and I need it in my life because without it, I wouldn't know what my friends or, or my kids or my, my parents or whatever, I wouldn't know what people are doing. It's a complete lie that we tell ourselves to feed something deeper. If, we, if you wanna stay caught up with someone, if you care about what your kids are doing, if you care about what your friends are doing, talk to them in the privacy of a, a private message, of a text message, of a phone call. I think phones can still do that, right? But actually catch up with someone, at, be able to ask them questions, be able to share things with them. But don't pretend that scrolling past someone and seeing five seconds of their life in any way replaces actual human engagement where we are investing in someone. We are sharing in their joy and we are mourning with their pain. We don't use social media to truly stay caught up to people. So what are we doing then? If we aren't really using social media to stay caught up, to stay connected, to stay plugged in, what are we doing? Because if you're really examining yourself, one thing that you might have to, to come to grips with maybe at this moment is that even if we are rarely using social media, we are still tempted to pull out our phones and mindlessly tap on a single app and spend two or 30 minutes just getting absorbed into something that when it's all said and done, whether it's social media, whether it's a phone game, whether it's uh, just browsing through Google, at the, in the end, we are often left feeling just as bored or frustrated or anxious as when we started. And on top of that, we may feel guilty about how we've spent that time. So what is really going on here? Why is social media such a huge part of our lives when it's so incredibly shallow and leads to very unreal and basic and even fake relationships with other people? Well, I'm gonna argue that based on my experience, based on talking to other people and just based on I think human nature in general, and especially what our 
kind of culture has, whether accidentally or intentionally bred in us, is that we want distraction. The whole reason that we encounter 20 people's lives, 50 people's lives, 100 people's lives over the course of a single day and yet have know absolutely nothing about them, have no real engagement with them, or really even actual care about them. The reason that phone games are so popular and so easy and designed the way they are to be played in short little bursts, the reason that we can spend hours in a day or just hours in a week with the greatest knowledge base in the entire universe in our hands and yet not really know much at the end of it all, the real reality is that we just want to be distracted. Because think about it with me. Whenever you pull out your phone, how often are you sitting there and you're and before you've pulled out your phone, your thought is, I have a little bit of free time. I've got two minutes. I've got five minutes. How can I use my time the most productively? How can I be a good steward of this time? How can I even glorify God with this time? No, what do we do? We sit there. I'm bored. I'm uncomfortable. I'm worried. I'm hungry. I feel like I might be missing out on something. It's been hours since I checked in on social media. What if I miss something? And so we go to whatever our app of choice is and use that time. We burn our time away because we are uncomfortable with not being distracted. We are uncomfortable sitting with our thoughts, sitting with our time, or if we're honest, we don't want to get up. We could either get up and clean the kitchen, prep meals for the week, make our bed, go do something in the yard. We could do all kinds of stuff that is productive, but that requires getting up. It requires work. It requires all kinds of things, but I could just sit here with my phone and have all the work done for me. I can feel connected to people without having to put in any effort. I can feel like I'm learning things because I'm reading what other people have told me about. I can feel like I'm accomplishing something because I'm making progress in some form in a game on my phone. So why do the hard work? Why do the difficult work? Why do the thing that we can fail at when we've got our phones right there? Again, our base motivation for a lot of us is we are bored or we want an escape. We want to feel as though we are doing something, we have some form of control, and we do the thing that's easiest. Because let's go back to when we use our phones, right? From that seven to seven time. There's plenty of stuff that we could do at work. There's stuff that we can do and pay attention to and probably should pay attention to if we're in school. Uh, parents who stay at home, there is constantly stuff to do, whether it's actually uh, investing time with a child, whether it's just doing something that needs to be done, there's plenty of things to do. And even just beyond those almost obligations, there's even better stuff that we could do that is considered fun, right? Because life doesn't need to be all about work, you know, all work and no play. I'm pretty sure there's a, a, a serial killer <laughs> line about that. But when we're bored, when we have that free time, when we have an hour to ourselves, we could read our Bible, which we realize, oh, well, you know, I haven't done that today. We could do a, a project or a hobby that we've been wanting to get involved in. We, a lot of us have that big old stack of books on our bookshelf or table or still sitting fresh in the Amazon boxes that, you know, we really need to get to 
but you know, when I have more time, you know, when I have more time, I'll do it. We all have things that we can spend that time on, whether it's productive, whether it's just for pleasure. Uh, and likewise, family time, that time in the evening when after everyone's been gone all day and we have a handful of hours to invest in our spouse, to lead our children, to grow our family closer together, we could deepen that bond. I mean, even a family pet, even, even playing fetch with Rover, there's so much more we could do, but instead we choose to sit in a chair and open our phones and ultimately we close ourselves off to the rest of the world and instead get lost in this virtual world that is no more than a distraction. And so let's just, let's call it what it is. We waste our time. We throw our time away. And I use the word waste very intentionally because a lot of times we talk about, oh, I wasted my money on that thing. And I use the word waste for time intentionally because I'll uh, put a link down in the show notes of an article I wrote a while ago where in it I compare time and money and say that how we spend our time is very similar to how we spend our money because the two things, even though they seem wildly different, they are actually very similar things. Time and money are both finite resources. We don't have a limited, an unlimited amount of the things. Now with money, we know exactly how much we have, but time, we don't know how much we have, but we do know that for most of us, we only get a few decades to do anything. We also know that both things are gifts from God. And because of that, we know that they are things we need to be good stewards of. We know that we can waste our money on silly, frivolous things that don't mean anything. They feel good at the time, but at the end of the day, we realize we have nothing to show for what we spent our money on. Time is the same way. We can spend it on all kinds of pointless, frivolous, wasteful things that at the time feel good to spend our time on, but at the end of the day, it's unsatisfying. We're left feeling empty. And as I point out in that article, if we want to be good stewards of our money, we want to set some kind of budget. We want to say, I have $3,000 a month that I can spend on all my necessary expenses. And when we know that rent is this much or, or mortgage is this much and the food budget is this, and we want to set aside money for future car repairs or saving for a down payment on a house or whatever it is, we all have all these expenses that are either locked in stone or that we want to make sure we have enough for because they fluctuate. And when we have that budget, then we're going to realize, wow, I don't have $200 to spend on a really fancy dinner, or I don't have 50 bucks to spend on this kind of fun thing for my hobby. We often act like we have money to burn, but if we actually live on a budget, we know where every single dollar bill needs to go and where it can or can't go. And similarly, with our time. If we realize we only have so much time and we want to spend this much at work and this much with our kids and this much with God and this much with our hobbies, then we're going to realize that there's really not a lot of time that we can spend on our phones. And in order to spend the time that we do spend on our phones, we have to take that time from something else. And if you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, but I, I do enjoy my time online. I do my, enjoy my time on social media. Maybe some people do, but really ask yourself, really challenge yourself and say, after you spent two hours throughout the day on social media or Googling or whatever, do you 
end that time feeling refreshed or encouraged or thankful that you spent your time on that and not something else? Do you do it without any sense of guilt whatsoever? Because I think for a lot of us, even though at the time our social media or, or Googling or phone games feel good, when we're done with it, it's often like eating fast food. It fills us up. We've, we've done something, right? We've, we've had a meal, but we aren't really satisfied. We aren't benefited. And often we end that meal feeling worse than we would have if we had, had spent our money and our time eating something good and healthy and valuable. And so that's ultimately what we're doing when we are wasting time on our phones, craving distraction. We're taking a good gift from God and we're spending it on something with no value to us, with no benefit. We could have used it well. We know we can use it well. We know all the ways we can use our time well, but instead we waste it on things that are completely meaningless. So what's the solution here? Do we just throw our phones away? Do we avoid social media? Do we delete all our accounts? Do we just make ourselves, you know, uh, nose to the grindstone and, and just constantly live productive lives? Well, not necessarily, but we do want to make sure that we are redeeming our time, that we are making good use of the time that we are given. So consider Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. So then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So the reality is that everyone's doing this thing that we're talking about. Everyone's on their phones. Our entire society, our entertainment, everything is basically driving us to be online, to be on social media, to be looking up websites, to be distracted by our phones. That's a normal thing in our society. Everyone's glued to their phones, so why shouldn't we be? Because if we're not, if we're not being told, you know, you need to be online to be, to know what's happening, then we are being told to fear missing out on what's happening, right? Because if I haven't checked in on Facebook or if I haven't seen what's happening on Twitter, I might miss out on an important discussion. I might come late to the party and not be able to add my two cents to what's happening. Or I might miss something in my social media feed, or I might forget that I want to look up this thing, or I might you know, get behind or not get as far as I could on my video game. And yet, despite how much we're promised that this is what's going to make us happy and this is what we need and we need our everything that's on our phones, stress and happiness are continuing to rise in our world and in our society. You know, as we are comparing ourselves to the, the lives of others on social media, as we are getting unrealistic expectations or ideas about how godly someone is or how beautiful someone is or what a good family life looks like, or we turn to our phones because we are we're miserable, we're anxious, we're unhappy, we're scared, and so we get on them. And then even though we are trusting in our phones to save us from things like loneliness or unhappiness, they don't do anything. They're only a temporary measure that may even make us feel worse. We are constantly wasting this time on our phones. And the reality is that this, this wasted time, it's not a neutral thing, right? It's not like, oh, well, I wasted my time. Instead of going upwards, I just went in a straight line. Instead of being benefited, I got nothing. I think the reality is that when we waste times on our phones, we are actually investing in damage to our spiritual health. 
So consider Philippians 4 verses 4 to 9, and I want you to think about when we're thinking about our times on our phone, whether it's social media or games or, or web surfing, how much of our time matches what God is revealing here. So it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. As for the things you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So what Paul is laying out here is in a way a model for what our thought lives and how we invest our time should be. This lets us hold basically a measure, right? A standard to say, is what I'm spending my time on, is what I'm spending my money on, are my desires in line with this thing, with with this idea that Paul has laid out here? Because these are the things, the things that Paul lays out, these are what are going to help our walk with Christ. And so logically, if if we are investing time and energy in something that is not helpful, we are investing it in something that is hurtful or harmful. Maybe not right away, but the practice and the habit and the the worldview that is crafted by how we use this time is very, very damaging. So just thinking about the text, let's get a little more specific in thinking about how do we compare our time on our phones to what's being discussed here. So first, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your spirit be made, let your gentle spirit be known to all people. So first thing to ask is what in our interactions online match this? Because if you look at the wall, the, the social media wall of most Christians, the things they share, the things they say, the, the conversations they get into are not often marked by a gentle spirit. Instead, many Christians are sharing things that are hateful, filled with vitriol, filled with anger, filled with criticism to others. There's nothing gentle about a lot of our social interactions online because if you've ever tried to have a conversation online, you know that people immediately get to resort to bitterness. We, as we are talking, are very defensive and not willing to hear the other side, we are very unlikely to admit that we are wrong and instead we'll just double down and react in anger to anyone who dares to question the things that we believe or even the things that we like. So are our phone interactions building a spirit of gentleness and even creating a reputation in us about being gentle? It says, do not be anxious about everything or do not be anxious about anything. So how much of the things that we look up online are done because we're wondering how much fear we should live in today? How much of what we are likely to click on is based on creating fear about the world or about people that we don't agree with? How much of it is aimed at making us anxious because people we hate are going to win? Much, if we were to look through our our post history or our uh, web browsing history, 
a lot of the things that we are looking at are very likely based in our desire to to figure out how afraid we should be about something or because we we look things up because we are afraid and want to know what we can do about it to win whether it's something political even if it's something health related right how you know how this new chemical how this new food how sunlight during this hour of the day is killing you those are the things that we want to look at and we are constantly looking at it and therefore we are constantly living in a state of anxiety and fear and so we don't live as though the lord is near we live as though death is near fear is near utter annihilation utter misery those are the things that we are focused on and it says, but in everything, by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Are we praying about these things? Is our first reaction when something negative happens to take it to God and to rely on God? Or is it to see what our favorite news source is saying or see what our friends are saying about it or getting the opinions of others about something? And then it says, when we do these things, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ. And so if we are using our phones in the way we are, are our hearts being guarded by the peace of God? Are we experiencing the peace of God when we are constantly angry and bitter and scared and anxious? Are we really investing in a heart and a mind and a life that is fully reliant on Jesus Christ? And then we go on and we can examine the things that we are look at, whether it's social media, whether it's the games that we play, whether it's uh, just the things that we look at in our Google searches. Are these things true? Are they honorable? Are they right? Are they pure? Are they lovely? Are they commendable? In other words, do they, do they, are they worth um, pointing to as something good and right and honorable? If there is anything excellent in them, if there's anything worthy of praise, then we should think about those things. But again, how much of the time we spend on our phones is worth thinking about? And again, I'll, I'll, I'll go and pick on the social media thing about, oh, well, but I, I see what my friends are doing and I'm reading all these encouraging things. But let me ask you, this God is calling us to think on these things, to dwell, to meditate on these good things. Really ask yourself, how much are you dwelling and meditating on what someone said? How much are you thinking about somebody's life and investing in it? Because spending five seconds on someone's photo, spending 10 seconds reading someone's quote and then liking it and moving on, that's not thinking about things that are good and true and honorable. It's experiencing them, it's running across them, but they don't sink in. Right? It's like saying that you planted flower seeds because you threw seeds on a patch of dirt and then swept them off. Like just because the seeds touch the dirt doesn't mean they're planted. Just because you someone someone's life comes across your awareness does not mean that you have actually invested in them, that you have connected to them in any meaningful way. And then finally, he says that the things that you've learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So how much of the things that we see online, the things that we share, the things that we do, how much of them are investing in a good life that we lead that honors Jesus Christ? Again, this is not an easy topic. It, it goes against our culture. It goes against our personal desires and our personal habits. Me sitting here talking about it, I am very much 
like the rest of you, I am very much a product of a culture that just craves constant distraction. But that doesn't change the fact that just because everyone else is doing it, just because everyone else can give us excuses to do it, that doesn't change that we are wasting our time. And when we waste our time, we are wasting the opportunities that God has given us to live the life that he desires for us. The time that we have is a very precious thing. And we live in a world where we can spend that time on good things or we can spend it on a near infinite amount of pointless or even terrible things. And again, in the world we live in, very few of us know what it's like to be alone with our thoughts, to just sit in silence. There is always something that can distract us, and so therefore we always want to be distracted. We always want something happening, no matter how frivolous or pointless or even unpleasant it is, because we have have adopted a worldview and a belief system that anything is better than boredom. Anything is better than silence. Anything is better than being still either mentally or physically. We are constantly feeling the need to move and to have our little you know, goldfish memories constantly refreshed and challenged with new things. Because we don't focus on one thing for a long time, we focus on a thousand things for a little bit of time, and then we move on to the next little thing. And so even though we can find excuses, we can say, oh, well, it helps me when I'm stressed, it helps me when I'm anxious or worried, or, you know, it helps me to be connected. We can make all kinds of excuses and justifications for how we spend our time on our phones. But at the end of the day, the real reality is that we know that we're wasting our time. We know that we are not making meaningful use of the time that God has given us. And if we're really willing to be honest with ourselves and with God, we are allowing our need for distraction and our, our craving for what the phone offers us, we are letting it steal time from our job where we are paid. We're allowing it to steal time from our family that we know that we love more than our phones, even if our actions don't always show it. And we even allow them to steal time from our God because we could read our Bible, we could study, we could learn more, but that's hard. It's less fun. It's less easy and simple. I don't feel as successful as I do when I'm just mindlessly scrolling or playing a phone game that's meant to give me the dopamine rush that I'm looking for. And so, ultimately, it's hard to find this balance. Because again, I'm not calling for people to just drop everything and burn down all social media in their lives and just you know live like the Amish. I'm calling for balance. I'm calling for an understanding, not of just looking at what you do and making sure you f you don't go over a certain quota, but examining why you do a thing so that if you get on your phone, if you browse the internet or get on social media, that you and I are doing it well. We're doing it in a way that glorifies God. Because ultimately, a lot of us don't use our phones to glorify God. We use it to glorify us. We use it to serve us and to to make sacrifices to us and our needs instead of making sacrifices to our God. So let's wrap this up then. So we we see the reality of what phones are in our lives. And we, I think for most of us, see our motivation behind not just how we use our phones, but why. 
why we are passive participants, why we refuse to be bored, why it is so much more likely for us to invest in the lives of others or the entertainment on our phones instead of the lives of people around us or the needs of our, of our own lives. So if we see that we're wasting time, then how do we stop wasting time? Well, step one, I think 1 John 1, 9 offers us a solution. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So maybe it seems weird in our society to say that wasting time on our phone is a sin. But if we are looking at our hearts behind it, we'll realize that well, while holding a phone, looking at a phone, doing things on a phone is not evil, is not wicked, is not sinful, why we do it comes from a sinful heart. We don't want to obey God when he calls us to invest in the lives of others, to bear one another's burdens, to rejoice with those who rejoice, right? To invest, to train, to disciple, to learn from others. We don't want to do that. And so we replace that with our time on our phone. We know that God calls us to use our time well, and instead we are wasting our time. We know that God calls us to be good stewards of the gifts he's given us, and instead we squander what he gives us in the hours that we have in a day. And ultimately, we know that we are meant to devote our lives, devote our desires, and devote what we do to our God. And instead, when it comes to our phones, we devote our times to pleasing ourselves. We make us the God of our lives. We make our greatest aim to serve and please us. So if we realize that, the first thing to do, obviously, is to confess that to God, to repent, to see that it is a sin issue. And treat it ultimately like any other sin issues. Now, once we do have our hearts right with God, though, the next step is to realize that, especially with the, the world we live in, the distraction of our phones is a huge temptation for us. You know, it would be like someone who struggles with lust living in a brothel. The, the temptation is just ever-present. And so... What do we do? What do we do when we need these phones in our lives because the whole world is built on our phones, but how do we use them in a way that is honoring to God? Well, 1 Corinthians 10:13. No temptation has overtaken you but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will provide the way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. So for many of us, the temptation to waste time on our phones can be a lifelong struggle. However, a lot of times we approach situations like that, whether it's whether it's lust or drinking or overeating or wasting time on our phones. When we have temptations in our lives where we can't just immediately and easily and cleanly cut it from our lives, we think, oh, well, I just need to have the grit and determination to just tough it out. Whenever that temptation comes, I just say no. And I will just have to have the strong character and the willpower to say no and resist it. And sometimes that is where we will find ourselves, but that we will only find ourselves in that position if that is where God puts us. So this passage in 1 Corinthians is really revealing to us that when there is a temptation that comes up, sometimes it is because God is going to give us the grace to endure it. But sometimes that temptation has come because we are not taking the escape that God has also provided to get out of that temptation. 
Because escaping temptation isn't just when the temptation comes, we have to be strong enough to fight it. But instead, temptation is often a result of choices we've made up to that point that has finally led to us finally realizing that we're in the middle of temptation. So if you are someone who struggles with your phone, then it may not be enough to say, well, I'll just keep my phone exactly how it is. I'll have the same apps. I'll have the same access. I'll just do better. I'll just, just buck up and do better this time. Because when we do that, oftentimes we are setting ourselves up for failure. God has given us the wisdom and the means of resisting that temptation of not getting ourselves into a point where we want to waste time on our phones. But we are so stubborn and we are so afraid of changing and fully letting something go that we find ourselves in the midst of temptation. And the reason that it feels so inescapable is because we have spent days or weeks investing in a sinful desire in our heart that is finally just making itself known to us. Of course, it's going to feel insurmountable in that time. So instead, when it comes to your phone, if you are someone who you think you're going to be struggling or you see that you've tried and failed and tried again, maybe it's time to not just do a little better, but to do a lot of extreme changes. You know, Christ said that if your right eye causes you to sin, cut it out. A lot of time with our sin, with our temptations, and especially those temptations that aren't just, oh, you know, I I had this temptation for a little while, but God's given me victory over it. But if we have a lifelong ongoing temptation, something that's lasting for weeks or months or years, a lot of times we need to take whatever is leading us to that temptation, take it out back and shoot it twice. Leave no room for it to at all bring temptation into our lives. So if wasting time on social media is a temptation for you, then millions of people who have cut social media out of their lives can tell you sometimes the best thing to do is not try to taper off, but to just get rid of it. It seems like you need it because it's such a prevalent part of your life, but you don't need it. It is not necessary. It's not mandatory for your life. If you are afraid that cutting Facebook or Twitter will mean that you cannot stay up to date with people in your lives, then you message them and you say, hey, I'm getting rid of Facebook, but I don't want to lose contact with you. Give me your phone and I would like to text or call you every once in a while to stay caught up. And then what will happen is if you follow through with it, you will actually invest in their lives and you will get to know them through a few meaningful conversations that are intentional than you ever did for the years that you just stalked someone and and passively observed them from afar without ever truly engaging with who they are or what their lives are about. And maybe for some people, it's not just deleting apps or profiles, but it's literally getting a totally different phone. Uh, I had a buddy who he was struggling with how he was using his phone, so he got a phone that is not a smartphone, so you can't have apps on it. And more and more, I'm running into other people who do this. And I think that's an incredible thing because that is not a weakness. That is not something shameful. That is a strength. That is a blessing from God. That is a recognition that you have a struggle and you are willing to kill that struggle instead of keep it on life support and just hope that maybe this time you'll do a little bit better. When there's something that tempts us, when there's something that is leading us away from our God and towards sin, if we can kill it, if we can take radical steps to change it, then we need to have a good reason not to take those radical steps because loving our God, the the reality and the weight of sin, even something that seems as pointless and silly and frivolous as wasting time on our phones, 
it all matters because if these are things that are sinful, then these are things that Jesus Christ had to die for. God had to pour his wrath out on his perfect son because we scrolled through Facebook instead of invested time in our kids, because we browsed you know, the sports website instead of actually doing work. Those are sins, those are punishments, those are death sentences that we place on Jesus Christ when we keep giving into them. If we wanna take it seriously, then we need to sometimes take serious steps to kill that. Now, to really kind of end this, the reality is that I can't give you the perfect step the perfect things to do, the best way to overcome this temptation in your life. Each of you listening, if you realize that your phone is an issue, you know the steps that you might need to take. What I'd encourage you to do is not to just try to figure it out and look online how to kick my phone addiction, how to be less dependent on Facebook and things like that. The first thing you need to do is listen to James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. If you think that your phone is not that big of a problem that you don't need to take serious steps, pray to God about it and ask him for wisdom to make sure that your deceitful heart is not getting in the way of truth. If you are someone who recognizes that you need something more than just trying really hard, then Pray to God, ask him to give you wisdom to either figure out the steps needed, to find the, the right person to talk to, whatever it is. If there is a sin issue in your life, we have to go to God first. We have to rely on him because he is the only one who can rescue us from it. And he's the only one who makes these problems meaningful, right? If we didn't care about loving God, if we didn't care about serving God, we wouldn't care about the sin in our lives. So clearly we love God enough to hate this sin issue. So let's continue to love God enough to know that he is who he is and that there will be no victory. There'll be no joy and no peace and no freedom without him. So to wrap this up, I know I, I'm right there with you. I know that it can be so easy to rely on the distraction of our phones to save us, to act as saviors in our lives from things like stress or depression or anxiety or really even just boredom. But that's what they become to us. They become our saviors. They become false gods. They become idols in our lives. But when we remember that our purpose in this life is to serve Jesus Christ, not to be happy, not to feel busy, not to be distracted, when we realize that our goal is to serve Jesus Christ above all else, then we will start finding that freedom from distraction when we find satisfaction in Jesus Christ alone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onward in the Faith. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and visit onwardinthefaith.com where you can read hundreds of articles about every area of the Christian life. If this ministry is a blessing to you, there are three ways that you can support it. You can pray for Ray and Onward in the Faith itself. You can share this episode with others, or you can help with various expenses by visiting patreon.com slash Onward in the Faith or following the link in the show notes. We hope this episode has encouraged you to keep moving onward in your faith towards maturity in Christ.